0: user on Reddit said that you contacted your friends and family and told them you're going to Carolina number one. Can you comment on that? Is that true? I am is All I'm just say just that? don't
1: believe everything you read on the internet. All right.
0: Now, that's hardly a denial. That really is not a denial. Don't believe everything you read on the internet. We know that, Will. But did you tell friends and family member that the Panthers told you you were going to be the first pick in the draft? He had a chance to say, I never said that. Just don't believe everything you read on the internet. And some would say, well, the answer is implied. But still, he didn't say, I didn't say it. And we mention all that because it sent the market into a tizzy earlier in the week. But it's all settled back down. We all know it's going to be Bryce Young. Chris, if it's not Bryce Young at this point, to the panthers at number one they have trolled us they have deliberately set up for no reason at all a phony operation to get everyone including their fan base they're paying customers to think they're going one way and then they're going to surprise us and go the other way and that does damage to your relationship with your 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 fans because it's not like they're going to be thrilled it's Six of one, half a dozen the other. Why'd you make us think it's Bryce Young and you're going to pivot to somebody else? There's no reason at this point no. I think it's not
1: going to be. No, Bryce. it'd be a letdown. I mean, you're, you're setting yourself up for a disaster if that's the way you played it right now. Everybody go, wait, we're about to get the guy that won the Heisman and was on Alabama and has the million-dollar smile and led the greatest, you know, the Alabama, the greatest college franchise ever in the history of college football. They're all excited about that. So, yes, you're to your point... That would be, you know, just a a bad way to start it off. And everybody would go, oh, my gosh, what? We're not going to take Bryce Young and have everybody in Carolina angry at Will Levis before he even steps on that field.
0: The ceiling for Levis is two. The floor is four, in my opinion. I would agree with that. Texans could take him at two. The great John McClain, who's been covering the Texans since their inception in 2002 and before that covered the Oilers, has been covering the NFL for years and years and years. He believes it's Levis. Texans have kept their cards close to the vest. I believe if it's not the Texans taking Levis, either someone trades up to number three to get him before the Colts do or the Colts take him at number four. But I think he'll be gone by the time the Seahawks pick at number five, Chris.
1: I, I, if you made me bet, Mike, I'd be there with you too. I would. I think it's it's two or four. From everything I know... Yes, the, the Texans and the Colts, it's it's Levis and Anthony Richardson that, you know, C.J. Stroud's not a part of those conversations with those two teams. Those two guys are, you know, I think because of the testing and what happened with C.J. Stroud, are viewed as, you know, the higher prospects right now. You know, not necessarily maybe their film and all that, but the team. The, those are the two that teams are most comfortable with because of that, and that's where... Yeah, it really is fascinating. I think the big thing with Will Levis, like you said, force the floor is just as two. What do the Texans do at two? You know, I it, there there's a there's there's two ways it can go, right? Where, okay, wait, you take the quarterback at two, sure, but top tier pass rusher available at twelve. I don't know if that's going to happen. Maybe you're Nolan Smith from Georgia, the guy who's two forty and ran the four three nine and killed the combine, right? He could maybe be viewed in that range, you know, but he's a smaller outside edge type of rusher. Or do they go, we take Tyree Wilson at two, because there's nobody that's going to be on the board like Tyree Wilson at 12, right? So we take him at two, and then – Now we finagle with pick 12 and maybe trading up to get a quarterback we like and and do that too. That's just the other option I'm interested in because there is the Hendon-Hooker angle where they could do that at 12 and go, hey, we'll ride with Davis Mills early on next year, and then when Hooker's healthy, he can jump in and be our starter. And Just to put
0: a pin in this, through all the craziness of the past couple days with the rumor on reddit that riled up the betting market for levis yeah bryce young as of monday night was minus minus two thousand favorite to be the first overall pick you got to bet 200 to win one is it 200 you got to bet 20 to win one right 20 to win one sometimes i get a little twisted up with that you got to bet 20 to win one now he's minus 2500 right to be the favorite you got to bet 25 dollars well- to win one so it's even it's even better we had it up earlier but yeah. just to see yes Levis is still improved from an odd standpoint from 50 to one to nine to one but Bryce Young is even more entrenched as the favorite at the end of the day yes
1: and and, and to give some history on this too because we have our great you know Jay Croucher who you know is our NBC you know betting NBC sports betting expert you know NBC uh, NBC uh you know the edge whatever the hell is called I'm messing it all up there (laughs) that's that's a
0: hell of an endorsement can we clip that and use that as a promo for NBC Sports Edge that would just be perfect NBC Sports (laughs) Edge Jay
1: Croucher he's our expert and yes he's our expert in you know adjust you know lines why they're adjusted and he he came on my podcast yesterday Mike and he even said it doesn't take much money to swing this line. This is not like the middle of the NFL season where there's got to be like a five-figure bet thrown down to change the line a little bit. He said this is one where it's $100 to a few hundred dollars can change the whole line. And because the betting sports books are so scared and don't have the answers to all this, they overadjust to cover their ass in these situations, too. So, you know, again, that's where I think when it moved, everybody goes, whoa, people have info. There must be some major players betting money. And what I found out is that it doesn't take much money to swing this type of line this time of the year.
0: Yeah, I suspect they wonder whether it's that first trickle before an avalanche where the snowball rolls so down to, the hill exactly. like what else is coming behind right, it. Exactly. So we got to get ready. Yes. Here's a sign, here's an indication that maybe we don't know. And that's the thing I love about gambling, although I don't gamble, just the dynamic of it, the culture of it, the psychology of it. It's okay for the sports book to have the inside information, but you better not have it as the better, and you better not act on it. Only we are allowed to have it and act on it. If you do it, you're doing something wrong. Uh, it's just like counting cards for blackjack or something. If you come up with a way to win, we're supposed to win. Yeah, it's okay right. for us to win everything. Right. If you come up with a way to win, no, you're banned. <laughs> yeah, right. um, okay, C.J. Stroud. Yeah, And and there was an event, a Play 60 event yesterday in Kansas City. The guys are there for the draft, so there was a lot of sound. There was an opportunity to talk to these guys, C.J. Stroud. And uh, as you know... I don't want to get into his S2 scores. I don't want to get into this stuff that the team should keep private. But Stroud addressed it yesterday. He chose to address it. That makes it relevant. Here he is talking about the reportedly poor score that he got on the S2 test. I'm not a. I'm not a test taker, so uh, I play football. Uh, for me, uh, but at the end of the day, man, I don't got nothing to prove to nobody. So I don't. I'm not gonna sit here and explain how I process football. The people who are making the picks know what I can do. Um, so that's all that matters to me. There's a whole bunch of uh, people who know how to coach better, know how to play quarterback better, know how to do everything on social media, but. Um, a man in the arena that, that's what's tough, is, is stepping in the arena ten toes. So, um, and I'ma stand on that and I know what I can do, I know I can process well, I know if I'm not if I'm not the smartest quarterback in this draft, um, I know I'm one of the smartest quarterbacks in the NFL when I step in there tomorrow. So I got confidence in myself and I and uh, I don't think you can play at Ohio State and not be smart. So um, I don't got nothing to prove to nobody, man. Uh, at the end of the day. If you don't trust and believe in me, uh, all I'll continue is watch this. Now some would say the S two test isn't about intelligence; it's about processing, It's right. More of reactions and right. You know the things that that that, that would be could be more relevant than the Wonderlic is ridiculous. It's useless. The only reason they keep doing it is they've always done it. Yeah. But not every team does the S two test, which tells me until it's universal, I don't think we can accept the outcome as any sort of universal truth. I hear you. If any, if if even only one team isn't
1: doing it. It's not universal. No, I, I hear you. It's not universal. It's a, still a new test to the NFL. You know, it, it's a test where just a few years ago I had teams tell me, oh, we got this test that, you know, it lets you know we got it. You know, I, got a, I got a test that really, you know. So now it's continuing to filter throughout the league, and now more and more teams have implemented it into their system, right? And here's the – listen, you know, C.J. Stroud, again, on the field, number one quarterback, no doubt about it. A lot of people I talk to in football, it's no doubt he's one or two. When you watch the film, I don't like talking about this. You're, I mean, it, it stinks. You're right. We shouldn't really know. It shouldn't be made public. But the fact is, is it is made public, and the fact is that it's it's real. It's not like this is not. You know, this is. I, I talk to too many people who don't have a horse in this race. They're not involved in the quarterback thing. And here's the one thing that the S two and why this whole thing is happening with C.J. Strab. it has not been predictive of success in any way. So just because you get a high score does not mean you're going to be good at football. But the thing that I think is really hurting him is the low score has pretty much predicted failure. That's across the board. And so that's where, as you know, teams very conservative. There's, you know, hey, my butt's on the line. And we have one thing of evidence here that shows us when you go below this line, it doesn't work, you know, and there's not many certainties in this sport as there is, but this one's proving to be pretty certain that's what scared people. And that's a real thing going, behind, going on behind the scenes right now. And, you know, like it or not, it is a reality of the situation, and it's unfortunate he's got to answer these questions, but this is definitely what's scaring teams behind the scenes right now.
0: It just underscores the fact that it's all a projection. You make your projection. You do your rankings based primarily, if not exclusively, on film. But there's other stuff that is used to try to take what the guy does at college and adapt it to bigger, faster, stronger. Right react more quickly right more plays and that's where this s2 comes into play yeah exactly
1: Right. right
0: right how do i react how will i react and is there a correlation between the s2 test and the ability to not get overwhelmed by what happens at the next level i think back to giovanni carmazzi taken in round three by the 49ers in 2000 instead of tom brady he was ruined as Steve Mariucci would later explain it, by his first preseason game. He realized, this ain't for me. So that's part of what they're trying to bake into this, this projection. We know what he did in college. Now we have to take that and figure out how it translates to the NFL. And it's imperfect. The whole thing's imperfect. And it's not like the guy's not going to get drafted. It's not like he's going to be a first-round draft pick at all. He's going to be. The question is, is it two? Yeah. Is it 10? Or is it somewhere in between? I don't think he's fallen out of the top 10. but And that's why, because people say, well, why, why does it matter that it's being leaked? All the teams know. Here's what happens. It gets leaked. The media reacts. The fans react the owners get skittish the gms get skittish once it's out there it's more stuff than get used against you exactly. if the guy fails you failed. drafted you that guy the stuff. test the says you're not going to be it. good exactly and he failed exactly. exactly yes that's what it does Right. it doesn't change the knowledge that they have Yes. but when we have it and the fans have it it changes the reaction to a
1: guy who fails right no exactly right that that's what it is and then when you have that you're right it can be used against them to where like things i just said well they knew you know, his test wasn't good, and he didn't process that good. They had that information. Why did they pick him, right? And yeah, that's it's, it's going to be interesting. I don't have a feel. I, I'm with you in the fact that, like, I don't think he falls out of the top 10 either. But I have no feel or inkling at all about who's going to take him right now, Mike. I don't. And that's what's odd. I mean, again, like I said, early on in the process, I mean, it was no doubt. Yeah, I put out my rankings. I get lots of calls and texts from people. Oh, damn, yeah, I'm with you. Stroud definitely top two on film. Boo, boo, boo. Oh, I love Stroud. I love Stroud. And then these results started to come in and people started to dive in more and it's it's a real issue for the guy right now.
0: You know what the best litmus test would be? Yeah. For Stroud? What Mike Vrabel would do at number eleven.
1: I hear you there. Given his ties to
0: Ohio State.
1: Right. He right was there, that's a he that's a there. glare. Yeah, you're right. He worked, worked surely, with Ryan Day and everybody.
0: Surely, surely a, a few phone calls, and he'll have everything he needs to know on whether or not any of this noise about C.J. Stroud is real. And they're looking for a quarterback. Clearly, how about this, Mike? They're making
1: a bunch of calls. Yeah, I, how about this? Do you think? Do you think this scares future quarterbacks from ever ever taking the S two? Does it become a thing where it's just like, ah, there's no point? Hey, Chris, I've been saying for
0: years. That players should refuse to take the Wonderlick test unless and until they get an ironclad guarantee that the number is not going to be given to anyone. And I think the same thing should apply to the S2. If this stuff is going to be weaponized against me, there are certain aspects of this process that are unavoidably public. You can't hide the 40 time. It's an
1: event from which the NFL profits. Yeah. And you took the other you stuff It isn't public. Right, right. Go ahead. No, I was going to say no. You're right. I mean, and and you're you're saying I want to run. I want to do that. So it's public. You're right. I, mean, I just right. was confirming what you were saying. Yeah.
0: But but the point is, if there's information that is presented and harvested in a way that is private, and it's going to be weaponized against me, yeah, I'd love. Hey, you, you you're talking to the right guy. Anything that pushes back against the process, anything where the players take control. And say, don't give me this crap that it's all a job interview. It's not a job interview. This isn't for my benefit. It's for your benefit. I'm getting a job. You all are trying to figure out who's going to give it to me. But I'm getting a job. If I say, especially top prospect, I can't wait for the day that top prospect says, you know what? Screw all of you. I'm not doing anything. I'm not coming to the combine. I'm not doing a pro day workout. I've done my work for free. Well, at least I get a little NIL money now. But I'm not doing anything else until somebody pays me to do it. And if you don't want to draft me, good. Somebody else will. And I want to play for the team that's smart enough to draft me based upon what I did in college. I long for the day. The closest to that was Deion Sanders when he went in to meet with the Giants. And they had this big binder test. And he said, when do you pick? And they told him, he said, I'll be gone by then. And he got up and left. That's (laughs) the kind of attitude I want to see from the top prospects. Yeah, I, Now, I, you yeah. got to be a top prospect to get away with it. That's, That's right. That's the only caveat. You do. You,
1: do. <laughs> you better be a top prospect. You're right. It'll be used against you for so. the lower ones. And it, even for the top prospects of quarterback, it could make teams uncomfortable. It could like, oh, wait, he doesn't want to take this test. I don't know. Whatever. Oh, wait, this guy does? Oh, oh we need robots. I we know. need robots. I know. So it, it yeah. it'd be interesting we, to see where that, that whole conversation goes. But it's unfortunate for C.J. Stroud. And to me, he's definitely one of the headlines of the draft tonight because – you know, like I said, people I talk to, uh, I just I, no feel for where he ends up right now. I put him at the Falcons at 8 in my mock mic because I just went, I was, I'm was, i thinking they're going to be like, whoa, we didn't think he would be here at 8. Okay, we will take a quarterback, uh, but we'll see where it all goes.
0: This is one of the benefits of talking and talking and talking about something. It took that long for me to finally realize how important Mike Vrabel's position on C.J. Stroud is is and should be regarded by others because vrabel really is in a position to have more actual accurate inside information on stroud than anyone else uh bryce young this is something that cannot be hidden he's five foot ten and one eighth of an inch he got another question again yesterday about his height and the only reason we're playing it for you is i love the answer have a listen
1: what was your answer to the
0: height question. Um. Yeah. I'm, I'm myself. Um. I know who I am. I'm confident in my abilities. Um, and, you know, for me, I, I don't know how to play the game another way. Um. I've been this size relative to the people around me for my entire life. And, um. You know, again, I I only know myself. Um. You know, I focus on all I can can control. Um, I can't grow, and that that's not that doesn't fall into that category. I can't get taller. So, um. Again, I I focus on on myself um, I, I i'm confident in myself with what I've, been, what I've been able to do and um you know i'm excited for the work that's going to take to hopefully have success i love the line i can't grow it is what it is that's why when i talked to him last week chris i didn't repeat the same old stuff my question was how do you operate within the confines of the fact that you are five ten and one eighth? what yeah. do you do on the field to see around the oak trees that are out there on both sides of the line of scrimmage that's that's how you advance this ball. What was, the, oh, how did you respond to the height question? Well, I, I am what I am, and I can't grow. He's 5'10 and an eighth, and he's still going to be the
1: first pick in the draft, period. Yeah, no, he is. He is. He's 5'10 and an eighth. He's uh, going to be 190 pounds, and, you know, that would scare me to death. I don't know if I could actually pull the trigger on drafting that quarterback. I'm, I'm dead serious. But either way, you know, I know people, you know, yeah, I, the talent, yeah, sure, you'll love it. I know people love the guy. But that's the million-dollar question, you know. It, this guy's got all the, you know, intangibles, and there is some talent. It's just about, you know, whether this style of play, whether he could take the beating, and he doesn't have the Alabama support system. Is he going to look like the guy we expect him to look like? And and that's where you know the question is in the NFL community. But obviously, no question from the Carolina Panthers. All right. Uh, Hendon Hooker questions about his health given
0: the fact that he tore an ACL in November. He had a doctor send, and I think it was Dr. Neil Ellitrash, send a letter to all teams that he'll be cleared by the first weekend of the NFL season. Look, I. I don't expect him to play this year. Yeah, He's a guy who's going to sit on the bench. Right. That makes him perfect for the Titans. It makes him perfect for the Vikings. Yep. Those are the two teams that come to mind that have a starter that is by all appearances in his final year on the job. Let's get a guy ready for a year behind him. The Vikings went through that a couple years ago with Kellen Mond. It didn't go very well in large part because they had a regime change and also... The prior coaching staff had no use for Kellen Mond whatsoever, and currently the Vikings are indeed the favorites to draft Hendon Hooker plus three fifty. That's three and a half to one odds. Houston at plus 500, five to one, presumably with the twelfth overall pick. Seattle plus seven hundred, and the Titans ten to one. That, that I feel like ten to one. Again, I, I I'm not betting on anything, but that catches my eye. That maybe the odds are a little a little skewed there because I think the Titans, in my mind, would be the most likely team to get him at this point.
1: Uh, and I'm and, and, and Another guy, extremely intriguing. I mean, you know, we got Stroud, B. John Robinson, Jalen Carter, all these great players that have a little bit of a question about them. Hooker is the real deal. If Hooker doesn't have the knee injury, he's going in the top ten. I, I really believe that. I talk to people around the end. Everybody likes Hendon Hooker. Everybody. The problem with Hooker is that, like what you said, for some of these teams who do need a quarterback or want it to happen this year, yeah, he's not going to be able to play this year. He's not going to help your team this year. It's going to have to be one of those situations like you talked about, and that makes sense. So whether you know the the thing is 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 any going to be going to waste one of those top twelve picks on a guy that can't help them this year, or is it somebody like the Texans or the Titans trade down, right? Or is it the Seahawks take him at twenty? Or is it that the Vikings take him at twenty-three? Or is it Mike? Do we get the old? hey, teams at the top of the second round trade in to pick 31 to have that fifth-year option available, like the Titans who have picked, let me just make sure, 41, right? Or the Seattle Seahawks who have picked 37. I certainly could see that being part of the Hendon Hooker conversation too, where somebody trades up late to get him. Okay, he's not going to play this year, but we got the fifth-year option here for him, and he's our guy, and, and we can have him for the future.
0: It's funny that his age is an issue at 25. Look, if you get 10, 15 years out of the guy, it's a win. That's a win. doesn't matter if he's starting at 25 or 21 or 29. If you get 10 years out of him, it's a win. Right now, the over-under for quarterbacks in round one is 4.5. Remember, there were five in 2018. There was only one last year. Minus 80 is the over betting line for quarterbacks at four and a half so the favorite is it goes over and I think it does go over Bryce Young Will Levis CJ Stroud Anthony Richardson and Hendon Hooker not necessarily in that order right those are the five and yep. I think they're all going to get drafted tonight even with only 31 picks
1: yeah I I, I would have bet that too I expect Hendon Hooker to get drafted as well well I'm, I'm with you there so if you made me go I'm going with the over as well and taking five quarterbacks
0: all right. Uh, let's go ahead and take a break. We've got plenty more PFT Live Draft Day Edition. We'll be back with that right after this. And if I read correctly, when you were back in high school, the objective was to get a basketball scholarship to college. When did the pivot happen from basketball to football, and why? My freshman
1: year to my sophomore year. Um, that's when it kind of happened. Um, I honestly, I wasn't even going to play football going into high school. So I had the freshman coach call me up, my dad called me up, and the, the coach just said, like, you know, go play football for two weeks. If you don't like it, you don't have to play. I went out there. I was playing middle linebacker and uh, tight end, and I fell in love with
0: it. But one last thing, though, most important question. I almost forgot. I almost forgot. During your time at Notre Dame, when Brian Kelly was there, how many times did you actually hear him with a Cajun accent in the locker room?
1: <laughs> Zero.
0: <laughs> just checking. Just Zero. To That's be sure. Just checking. You never know when it's going to pop out for someone. That was a fun conversation with Michael Mayer. You can see it all at YouTube.com slash NFL on NBC. He has that basketball background, and I asked him later, Chris, because I thought of Chris Carter. He was a basketball guy and catching passes to him was just going to get rebounds. And that's what Michael Mayer looks like when he's catching passes. He's boxing out for the rebound. That's where that basketball, you know, baseball, shortstop, that can help the quarterback. Basketball helps the tight end and the receiver.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. You can see that. You know, again, he's not a guy that always separates in a great way, but he is very comfortable, to your point, Posting up, boxing somebody out, shielding them and catching the ball with somebody like this play here. Just hang it all over him. And he's just like, oh, oh I'm going to get the ball and you're not. you know. There's a lot to be excited about Michael Mayer. There really is. And he's going to help somebody out. He's old school tight end. He really is. He's a, 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 a an aggressive blocker. And he can do some stuff after the catch, and he's not afraid to be physical. He's not one of these greatest route runner type of guys. But, you know, back to the 80s and 90s type of tight end here with Michael Mayer. He's now the favorite to be the first tight end drafted, minus 250. First
0: it was him. Then it went to Dalton Kincaid. Now it has swung back to Michael Mayer. And by the way, by the way, I think I finally got a line on an Old Spice hoodie. I think I'm finally getting one. I I told Mayor I want one, and I, later in the day we did another old spice thing. You'll see some of it coming up later. I think I'm finally getting that hoodie up in politics. You got a robe okay. now. You got uh, the hoodie, all of that. So, and, and listen to no, that. The, the robe. My nephew took the robe. I think. Good. good. I think good. my nephew took. What happens is. Just like when my son scavenges the swag bag from NBC, like I got, you know, people think this stuff's cool. Hey, I want this. I want that. I want this. And, you know, dad gets nothing.
1: Well, hey, and, and two, yeah, that's the way it works. And, you know, you get a lot of free stuff. So, you know, screw off. All right. The rich get richer sometimes. But either I don't need way, free stuff. <laughs> I know you don't. Hide money. I, know. I don't need free exactly. stuff. Exactly. But the Michael Mayer conversation, again, is another part of this interesting part of the draft, uh, you know. It, like Michael Mayer, like you talked about, it. he started off the process as the favorite because he was the media darling. He's Notre Dame. People were calling him Baby Gronk and all of that. So he became that guy. Everybody watched film and went, wait, Dalton Kincaid's better than Michael Mayer. But Michael Mayer is a guy who's, I think, top 15 on everybody's board but has a back problem. So that's another part of why this uh, intrigue of this draft this tonight is... You know, I've had two different schools of thoughts thrown at me, Mike, about the draft. One is teams are going to be very conservative. There's not a lot of good players in the draft, so they're going to overdraft high floor guys, right? Guys that they go, there's not really a bus factor. He might not be a superstar, but there's no bus factor. And then there's another group of teams that are going, wait, there's only a few home run hitters in this one, and we're going to get them. And yeah, we might, you know, it might not work out. There might be an injury or a, a bus concern, but we're going to go do it. I think that adds to this, this awesomeness of this night that we're going to have tonight.
0: Hey, you know what else uh, Michael Mayer has? Yeah. You know what else? Did you what? notice? Did you notice?
1: A butt chin. Chin cleft. Yeah, well, I chin saw cleft. It, yeah. Yes, I saw it. <laughs> gaston, He's yes. Gaston. on. He is. Uh, he can really yeah. be gassed on. He he like legitimately could be <laughs> gassed on, like no doubt about it. <laughs> I think he fits the
0: bill better than you do. Yeah, to the extent 100%. that we would bring back that video and get another cease and desist letter from Disney. Not that they don't have enough other issues they're currently dealing with. They can't get around to worried about us. But if we would bring that back, I think it fits Michael Mayer. Yeah. Better than it fits. Damn. Better than it fits you. The Gaston look. Yeah. The shadowing, too, makes the butt chin. And we're not saying it derisively. I wish I had one. We're not making fun of him. I think it's awesome. But, yes, he's got the tight end look. He's got the butt chin. He's ready to go.
1: He's ready to go. He is. I'm excited to see where he goes. And, yeah, he's definitely one of those guys that I think, you know, it's 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 he's somewhere between ten and fifteen. I wouldn't be sh- or ten and twenty. I wouldn't be shocked to see him go off the board in in that range right there.
0: He'd like to go to the Bengals, but he understands. And I asked him about. it. He's very thoughtful. You know, he uh, the process is what it is. I yeah. can't control it. That's yeah, right. he'd like to play for the Bengals. Usually, they keep it all close to the vest, and they won't want to say. He's willing to say, I'd like to play for the Bengals, but he understands he's got no vote in the final analysis. A guy who'd like to play for the Steelers is Joey Porter Jr. I talked to him yesterday as well. You heard a little bit from that interview when PFT Live continues right after this. You're in the family business, but you're not at the family position with the linebacker, you and you play cornerback, your dad's a linebacker. How did you end
1: up gravitating toward defensive back? Um I was never his size, really. Uh, he, was all, he was a little skinnier like me growing up, but he, he uh, filled out in college. I didn't fill out like him. So uh, I always wanted to beat around the ball. I was a wide receiver at first, and I switched to DB. And ever since then, it was, it was perfect. So
0: patience is going to be key tomorrow night. When you're sitting there, and the names are coming off, and you're seeing guys get up and leave the green room, where's the number? That you have in mind as to when you're going to start really kind of like
1: is it now is it now is it now uh, it's a wide range Um, all my people and everybody I've been telling I've been hearing from is telling me it could go from like 7 to 17 or it might go from 7 to 20 so um, I'm ready for the moment and uh, any any outcome happens I'm, I'm just blessed to be in that situation and I'm just ready to play
0: 17's interesting
1: 17's yeah.
0: very interesting <laughs> Seventeen, the Pittsburgh Steelers, where his dad played and coached, close friend of Mike Tomlin's. They have need a defensive back. We were talking about during the break, though. Maybe he doesn't fit with what they're currently doing, but Tomlin will. Tomlin will adjust it to make it fit. If he has a guy that he believes in, trusts. Knows will be compliant with the coaching approach, understands what's required of him. Those are part of the intangibles that you're looking for. I mean, the idea that you have a kid who was in the Super Bowl winner's locker room when he was five years old, has been around the sport his whole life. He told me yesterday he knew that he was destined to play in the NFL from the moment he first put the pads on. He's had that confidence. And I think that confidence, you have to have the physical ability, but the confidence, the mental aspect of it is big too. So that's what makes him... A little more attractive than guys who don't have that background. Yeah.
1: No, there's a there's a toughness and a grittiness and a physicality to his game that's that's intriguing. It really is. That you don't see at the corner position a whole lot, right? He's got incredible length, you know, he's got some quick feet, right? But he, here's another guy, Mike, again, back to like the conversation we had last segment, where to me the draft is all over the place. You know? As I was kinda of telling you, like I, I I mean, I know people that have him nowhere near the top forty players of the draft. Nowhere near that. He's gonna be kind of your cup of tea type of pick. You're not he's not the type of corner you can trust on an island and play man to man. Man to man is not his thing at all by any stretch of the imagination. He's very tight in the hips, he doesn't have great top end speed. But teams that maybe want to play more zone, right, and, hey, he can jam and play Seattle three and get back, and he's got great football instincts, and he'll hit you and help and run support, or he'll hit you if you're a receiver and you come to his his zone. Yeah, that's where a a team's going to like him, but... You know, I know a lot of people talk about Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's been a team that's played so much man to man. That's where I've been like, "Man, does that really work?" But you're right. If they like the attitude and all that, they'll make it work somehow some way. But again, another prospect that I find kind of all over the place when I talk to people in the uh, in the NFL in the NFL about the player He's a
0: 31-32-1, excuse me, favorite to be the first quarter, cornerback draft. Devin Witherspoon, your guy from Illinois, the guy you love, is the favorite at minus 250. Christian Gonzalez at plus 175. There are the odds for the first corner draft. You see a huge jump from Gonzalez to Joey Porter Jr. But he believes the window 7 to 17, maybe 7 to 20. We'll find out. He'll find out. And I was telling you during the break, Chris, one of the most important jobs of the agent, and I don't know who represents Joey Porter Jr., but the agent needs to set that expectation. Yeah. The agent needs to have reliable information that the client can count on because if you're wrong, you get fired. Look what happened with Geno Smith. He fired his original agents. He didn't get drafted in the first round. There was talk. Ten years ago that he was going to be a top five guy, or you know, a lot of hype, a lot of a lot of stuff that he believed that didn't come to fruition. The agent has to have great information about where his client's going to be drafted. That leads me to Jalen Carter. I have believed ever since Drew Rosenhaus said, no visits to teams that aren't drafting in the top ten. Rosenhaus isn't just running a game here. He has reliable information that the floor for Jalen Carter is 10. Carter yesterday. Saying that he believes that the Eagles will take him if he's there at ten. I believe, and I kind of believed it earlier, but I yeah. even more strongly believe now. Howie Roseman has told Drew Rosenhaus they're taking Jalen Carter at number ten if he's there.
1: I, I I would think that is even more than that, really, to make that kind of statement. Like you, you, I, I'd bet you that there was two other teams that said they would. To make that kind of, because you know how it is. I mean, yeah, you could take Howie's word, but all of a sudden, two things change. And all of a sudden, like Howie's like, oh, whoa, I didn't think that was going to happen. So I can't take him. I'm sorry, Drew, even though I told you that. I would imagine for Drew to make that kind of comment, he had multiple teams tell. I I feel like the floor is five. I mean, like we've been joking with, right? That's where you see minus 250 next to the Seahawks. Because damn, I mean... If there's one team that's in need of a blue chip star at the on the defensive line, it's the Seahawks, no doubt about it. So, I mean, I really look at five and six to be like that's the floor right there. And I've been led to believe that both of those teams have done their due diligence on diligence, I should say, on Jalen Carter and are, are comfortable with all things that are associated with him. And I have a hard time thinking he goes past six, Mike. That's as far as it goes. Diligence, diligence, tomato, tomato. For the Lions,
0: they would be rectifying the mistake they made nine years ago in passing on Aaron Donald for Eric Ebron in a year where both Ndamukong Sue and Nick Fairley were entering contract years. I was stunned when they passed on Aaron Donald. I won't be stunned uh, if they take Jalen Carter, if he's there. And he could be there because I still – Anthony Richardson to the Seahawks. Yeah, I hear you. Right. Keep an yeah. eye out for that. Keep an eye out for that. All right, uh, let's take a break. When we return, more PFT Live. There's no tease in the sheets. Oh, he's putting it in now. He's putting it in now. It's too late now, Pete. I've already started the tease. We'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. Quick break from the draft talk to talk about the aftermath of the draft from three years ago for the first round selections. The deadline for exercising the fifth-year option arrives on May 2. The big news, reportedly, the Washington Commanders will not pick up the option on Chase Young. He was the defensive rookie of the year. Everything was pointing up to an ACL November of 2021. Was not healthy until late in the 22 season. They are doing the Daniel Jones-Josh Jacobs bet here they are not picking up the option and when you look at the fact that it's fully guaranteed it's about 17 million i think it's a risk it's less of a risk than the giants took that maybe we'll have to use the franchise tag in 24 and if we do we'll call it a good problem to have they didn't want to put that 17 million out there fully guaranteed it used to be injury guaranteed only until the league year began when that option would have applied Now it's fully guaranteed from the moment you exercise, and I think we see teams being a little more leery about doing so if there's any doubt whatsoever.
1: Yeah, leery, you know, just you said it, the injury concern, you know, that's certainly real. We haven't seen anything close to top-tier pass rusher. You know, even the rookie year, it was a good year, but there were signs then of like, oh, wait, maybe he's not as great of a pass rusher as we all thought coming out of the draft and that process. And two, hey, think about Washington. I mean, damn, you know, you're going to give a, you, you, you just in a broad and a broad statement here. And Chase Young is a very good player. I know that when he's healthy, right? But at a very broad statement, you can sit there and go, wait, they're going to have fifth year option. The fourth best D lineman on their team, right? That, that like Jonathan Allen, huge contract, Deron Payne, huge contract, Montez sweat. The other demons ends, definitely a better pass rusher than Chase Young is right now. So Yes, I, I think, you know, hopefully he can respect where they are at in this and, and wanting to see a little bit more and see him be healthy and regain the form that, you know, he was he was at his, his rookie year.
0: With plenty of edge rushers in this year's draft, the betting lines have been moving. And, look, it either tells us something or it doesn't, as we learned with Will Levis. Right. But Will Anderson went from being the favorite to not the favorite to the favorite again Anderson back to plus 240, and these are these are small margins. Anderson plus 240, Tyree Wilson plus 275. Just in one day, those two have flipped. The other thing that's intriguing, Paris Johnson. This is to be the third overall pick. Paris Johnson is now on their heels because there's a belief that Kyler Murray wants, wants uh, Paris Johnson to be picked by the Cardinals. I'm stunned that C.J. Stroud was even at three and a half to one to be the first. I mean, that would imply a trade. That's not the, the Cardinals aren't taking him there. So I'm not stunned anymore. That would be third overall pick, not to the Cardinals. That would be Cardinals trade out of that spot to someone else. So then it would make a little bit of sense.
1: Right. No, the Cardinals are definitely, you know, again, one of those teams that uh, like, you know, we hit on it yesterday a little bit. Jonathan Gannon from Philadelphia, all those big butts on the D line and D tackles. You got a Georgia D tackle and what?
0: Jalen Carter. I know. nineteen to one. Well, Why not take Jalen Carter? I, that's
1: what I know. I mean, Jalen Carter again. It's the best player in the draft. There's no doubt about that. I don't, I haven't talked to anybody that thinks any differently than that. So that, but but maybe they're gonna play the again the angle we talked about. You know, of just like we're not going to take the risk on a Tyree Wilson with the foot or the Jalen Carter off the field thing. And I think they're one of those teams that you look at that maybe is favoring high floor guarantee type of player. I don't know, but that's certainly uh, very interesting with them at three. Think about all the crap going on with the
0: Cardinals yeah. right now, all the stuff they're dealing
1: with. Right. So they're going to be ultra-sensitive about right. bringing
0: in a guy who was involved in an accident where two people right. died, and he pleaded no contest to speeding and reckless driving on top of everything else. We can't have that. Even if he is the best player yeah. and he could make us better, we just can't have that. That's where the business considerations impact the football considerations, and yep. if they don't take him... That's going to be the right, the reason why they don't. All right, let's take a break. More PFT live right after this. In honor of the draft, we're not having a draft today. We're just going to talk about the draft. And look at that! <laughs> look at that! That's the that's awesome. City. You know, this all happened. Because there was some sort of a conflict at Radio City Music Hall 2015 with an Easter show or something like that. So the NFL had to find a different location. So they decided, screw it. We'll take it out of New York. We'll take it on the road. They went to Chicago. They liked it. They went back to Chicago. They thought, you know what? We can go to a different city. They go to Philly. It was awesome. Remember that that image, the camera panning, all those thousands of people outside the library in Philadelphia? Yeah. So now it's a thing where they take it to these places. It's the ultimate show about nothing. It doesn't have to be anywhere. And it turns out it is everywhere now. It can be in every NFL city because it's springtime. doesn't matter if you're a cold-weather city. I expect that... At one point or another, Chris, the draft will have been in every city. I hope to live long enough to see as many of them as possible, but it looks like it's going to be great in Kansas City. They're expecting over the weekend at least 300,000 people, weather permitting they could rival the
1: 600,000 who were in Nashville a few years ago. I I don't doubt that. It's a great spot where they got it set up. We know that part of the city there in Kansas City. I mean, it's some great restaurants, so you could hang there, be there all day. I mean, the NFL, I was looking at some of the things on social media yesterday, just the whole setup, even outside the stage, as part of the NFL experience and all that. I mean, it's phenomenal. It is. It's a great traveling road show. It's perfect for the spring. It's selling hope and, you know, fairy tales, and this guy could be great and all these type of things, and that's what the spring's all about. And uh, it's it's, what's fun about the draft is the hope of, oh, wait, this guy could put our team over the hump and make us uh, the real deal here. Uh, That's why teams are excited, and it just speaks to the power of football right now and how popular it is in this country.
0: Bring that picture back up because I hope they have a good barrier around that fountain. Because I'm you not know, there. There's going to be some drunk. <laughs> some there's going to be some drunk guys that get into that fountain. There's going to be some people getting into that fountain. I hope so. One way or the other, they better be protecting that fountain. I'd like okay. to see that. Uh, let's talk receivers. Yeah, you have Zay Flowers as your number one guy. Yeah. He uh, was with us yesterday. We both really like him. Jackson Smith and Jigba of Ohio State is the favorite to be the first one drafted at minus 350. a Flowers at plus 450. Then it falls off to Quentin Johnston, Jordan Addison, Jalen Hyatt. Um,
1: this, this what one one do you one. think is going first? I I mean it, i I, I want to say just because of the strong numbers of Jackson Smith and Jigba and how he's been linked to some teams, you know, so aggressively through this process, that there there must be two or three teams that really like him, right? You know, but here's another prospect that, you know, again, Mike, I'll, I'll I'll throw this to you. You know, if I paint the picture of hey, a guy that's really good after the catch and makes a ton of plays, but he's not going to run by you for a sixty-yard bomb. You know, none of that's happening, right? He doesn't. He's not really going to separate a whole lot on the outside. He's truly a slot receiver, and he ran four or five at his pro day. That's kind of like a four-six at at the combine. And he didn't play last year because he couldn't run because his hamstring was hurt. Does that, to me, sound like a guy that's the first receiver off the board? I mean, again, that's another guy that I kind of see that's all over the map when I talk to friends in the NFL. It's all over the place. There's some that go, he's a top 15 pick, and there's others go, well, he's the top of the second round for us. And he's another one where I have no clue where it ends up being, Mike. But what do you think?
0: Twelve to twenty-two is his range. Yeah. Book it. Hold me accountable for it tomorrow. Twelve to twenty-two is his range. Yeah. That means the Ravens at twenty-two will take him. If he's there, the Texans could take him at twelve, or he could land anywhere. There's a in lot between. of people that think. But Chris, you're right. I'm with yeah. you. Yeah, I, I'm not taking. I'm not taking a receiver in round one who isn't a number one receiver. I'm not taking a number two receiver in round one. Right. I can get a number two receiver later. And the picture you're painting is Jackson Smith and Jigba is a number two receiver on my team. He's not. Remember when Juju Smith Schuster tried to be the number one in Pittsburgh post Antonio Brown? It didn't work out because if you can't separate, you aren't going to draw double coverage. Nobody's going to shade a safety your way, and you're not a number one receiver. Right. Period. You can be very good. Right. But not number one. I'll take you in a later round. All right. Let's take a break. We'll wrap up this draft day edition of PFT Live right after this. All right, there are the names on the Chris Sims mock draft one to sixteen, and look at where he has B. John Robinson, number ten to the Philadelphia Eagles. The great Howard Eskin, longtime radio host on WIP sideline reporter for the Eagles, right, says he'll retire if the Eagles take B. John Robinson in that spot. <laughs> That's not a so good sign. Though. Many are hoping that they, <laughs> many are hoping they take Bijan Robinson in that spot. Now, I'm kidding. I love Howard. So, uh, running back is is. An interesting position. We haven't had any drafted higher than 24 since Saquon Barkley was number two overall. Bijan Robinson, it's now a given he's going to be a top 10 pick. Jameer Gibbs is in the conversation to be a first rounder. The over under is one and a half, and minus 300 are the odds for the over. So, you know, Chris, look, bottom line, the position is conducive to injury. That's the risk. It's not about how good the player is. It's the position most likely to get a guy injured. You better be ready to accept that and not have that guy available to you. That's what makes it hard for me to justify a top 10 pick.
1: Yeah, no, exactly right. I just think in a year like this where, first off, both of these guys are super talented. Uh, you know, They're definitely top 30 players in the draft. And then when you talk about a draft that doesn't have a lot of elite players in it, you know, so that gets accentu- accentuated even more here because they are elite. You know, they're they're one of the two guys in the draft. There's only a few of them that can go like, hey, here's the ball at our own 20. Ooh, he can maybe score a touchdown from here. There's only a few of them in this whole draft, and that's where I think there's great value. I, I think Gibbs goes off the board at the end of the first somewhere. He's too dangerous. He's too awesome. To me, he's better than Travis Etienne, who came out a few years ago and was drafted at 24 out of Clemson. So be interesting to see what happens, Michael. I regret that you almost gave us
0: a Simsism with Accentuized. You almost <laughs> said Accentualized. It kind was of so close. <laughs> We're so close to the draft. Enjoy the night. We'll break it all down tomorrow morning. Chris is working on Friday. You know it. He wants see to you tomorrow.